get started today. Uh, God, we just give you thanks for uh, your grace, your mercy. Thank you, God, for just the ability to come to worship together today, to honor you, to celebrate who you are. And God, today, we just want to learn from your word. We want to understand more about the life you want us to live. And so, God, we pray for that today, and we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, today we are going to talk about procrastination, staying on task. And some of you might say, well, Stephen, can you think of a better topic to talk about? I mean, with all the things that are going on in the world, can't you think about a more serious topic than procrastination? And I would say to you, no, this is a good topic to talk about. In fact, it's not me just talking today. The Word of God has a lot to say about this topic, about what does it mean to stay on task and what does it mean to uh, not procrastinate? Now, granted, I was tempted today when it came to this topic, as I was thinking, how am I going to preach on procrastination? And I delayed for a while and I thought about it. And then finally, I came with an answer. That's a procrastination joke. It's cool. And, uh, and then I thought, I was like, you know what? What I'd rather do is just get up here and say, procrastination, don't do it, and then just sit down, because we all know that we shouldn't procrastinate, and yet we do it anyway. And so today, we're going to dive into that topic. What does it mean to just simply say, God, we want to do your will with our life, and we want to make the most of every opportunity? Because here's what I've learned. Procrastination robs you in your life. It is a thief. It can often rob your relationships. Because we, instead of focusing on the relationship, maybe we are focused on the urgent and we're moving from fire to fire to fire. And because of that, we can't focus on what's most important. Maybe it robs us of our health. There are so many people who are struggling with stress and anxiety. A lot of that is based on the fact that they push things off. They don't get to something. And because of that, they are running from the urgent to the urgent. And they never get a chance to just settle down and enjoy life. Procrastination also robs us of some opportunities in life. Maybe a door was open to you and you thought, I'm going to walk through that door, but then you waited, you delayed, and you didn't make the decision. And because of that, the door closed and you missed maybe what was a really good opportunity for you. And so this is a relevant topic for all of us. And in all of these areas of your life, I think most of us probably had good intentions. You probably thought, I want to do something good, but then you just kept putting it off, putting it off. I have never met a procrastinator who didn't have good intentions. But when I procrastinate, it's not because I don't have good intentions. It's not because I don't want to do a good job. It's because I allow myself to believe that tomorrow I'm going to have more time, more energy, more focus, and more ability to do than I do today. And that's what we call the someday syndrome. Someday, I'll have more energy. Someday, I'll have more time. Someday, I'll have more focus. Someday, I'll get that paper done. Someday, I'll get that project finished. The problem with someday is we forget about today. We forget about today. And the Bible addresses this. Listen to what it says in James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. It says, now listen you who say today or tomorrow we will go from this city to that city. Spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and we will do this or that. As it is, you boast 
in your greatest and your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. And so this morning I want to talk about what does it mean to just focus in and do God's will in our life and do it in the right time, the right way, the right manner. And we say, God, we want to do what you want us to do with our life. So how do we avoid procrastination? And I thought, well, how do I make it memorable? Because if I don't make it memorable, you're not going to make it applicable. So I just did ABC, all right? A, ABC. A is awareness. I think one thing we need to do is to be aware. Be aware of our tendencies. Be aware of the fact that this might be an issue for us. But also be aware of the difference between wise decision-making and the pitfall of procrastination. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as sure as haste leads to poverty. In other words, if you're going to have plans in your life, you need to think about it, plan it out, prepare for it. It's good to wait sometimes. It's good to make sure that you have your ducks in a row before you make a decision. Don't act in haste. Another verse in Luke chapter 14, verse 20. Uh, 8 says, suppose one of you who wants to build a tower, will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? You don't want to just jump into something. Make sure you have enough money, you have enough uh, time, enough resources to be able to complete it. Don't just jump in hastily. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 20 says, do you see a man who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than him. In other words, Wait on your words. Somebody says something, you want to react to it. Instead of reacting, pause. Think about your words. And, and so sometimes it's okay to wait. I mean, the Bible does tell us, be still before the Lord, wait patiently for Him. But that's not what we're talking about today. There's a difference between waiting on the Lord or waiting in the right kind of wisdom and at the, at the other side, procrastinating or avoiding something or not doing something in your life that you need to do. There's an opposite extreme of, uh, of, of wise waiting, and that is the inability to make a decision. J.L. Kraft, who built the cheese and dairy empire, said that when he had a decision to make, he analyzed it thoroughly, then he prayed about it before he went to bed, and then he sat on the subject all night, and the next morning, the first impulse that came to his mind, that's what he did. He said, I never looked back. I don't know what your decision-making process is, but make decisions in a timely manner. So be aware of the difference between wise decision-making and procrastination. You also need to be aware of your own tendencies. Some of us just need to be honest and say, do I procrastinate? And if you're not sure, I'm going to give you some things that you'll know whether or not you procrastinate. Do you keep handling the same paperwork over and over again? When you have something come across your desk, do you bring it back up again and again and again? Is your first response when handed an assignment, I'll deal with it later? Do you have a lot of unfinished projects in your life? Do you get irritated when somebody that you're in relationship with continues to tell you to do something over and over? Do you almost always vote to table the motion in meetings? Do you find yourself frequently working in a panic to complete a task or a job at the last minute? Do you like to work under pressure uh, or do you not work at all unless you're under pressure? Do you wear out the snooze alarm on your bedside clock? 
Do you often pay your bills at the last second, or do you find yourself paying late fees on those bills? Are you known as a big talker, but not an accomplisher? If you are, then those are signs for you that maybe you're putting things off. You are procrastinating. And so one of the areas that I think can really be a big help, and this is, by the way, worth the price of admission, and that is that I would encourage you to take a small step today. Take a small step today. I've learned that if I can do something today, even if I don't get the whole project accomplished, even if I don't accomplish the whole goal, if I can take one step today, that's better than a planned step tomorrow that I never, ever take. A small step today is better than a big step tomorrow. A walk around the, the, the neighborhood is better than a five-mile run tomorrow that never takes place. A skipped dessert today is better than starting a full-blown diet tomorrow that you never actually start. Five minutes spent in prayer with the Lord today is better than an hour of prayer tomorrow that you're never going to do. Take a step today. Do it right now. In the Bible, in the book of Proverbs chapter 24, it says, I went past the field of a sluggard, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. The thorns had come against everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds, and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I had observed, and I learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands in rest, and poverty will come on you like a bandit, and scarcity like an armed man. Sometimes people say, oh, the Bible's not really practical to me. Are you kidding? Have you read that verse? If you just fold your hands, if you just say, I'm just not going to do my job, if I'm not going to worry about things, I'm not even going to focus on the things I need to do, what happens? Ba poverty comes on you like a bandit. In other words, take a small step in the right direction. And I really think one of the things that keeps us from taking a small step is what I'm going to call perfectionism. And some of you say, I'm going to clean the house tomorrow, but I have to have everything ready. I have to make it perfect. And then you wake up the next day and you can't make it perfect, so you never do anything about it. You say, I'm going to go into this term paper. It's going to be the best term paper in the history of term papers. And because you have that kind of pressure on yourself, you never get started writing one word until the absolute last minute. And it is not the best term paper in the world. I think we just need to learn to say, tomorrow is not going to be better than today. Tomorrow... You're not going to be in the zone more than you're in the zone today. Don't let perfectionism lure you into the habit of procrastination. So be aware of your own tendencies. Be aware of your own uh, desire to be perfect. And just start something today. Get it started today. B is balance. And when I say balance, it means that you're steady. It means you know who you are. It means your priorities are in order. You have established godly values and you live by those values. A lot of times when I procrastinate, it is because I let little things come into play to take over the big things in my life. In other words, I allow the little urgent matters to take precedent over the more important things. You have to know who you are. You've got to know what your values are. We all know God should come first. Relationships second, in particular, family relationships. Then work, then uh, maybe fitness, then maybe hobbies, and on down the list. 
But if you don't know your priorities, then other little things take over. Is that true? For example, when we put our kids and their hobbies ahead of God, we allow the urgent demands of their schedules to overtake our time with God or their time in church. We put off things that might be higher on the list of values because we have smaller things that are little fires that need to be put out. And Jesus one time said, if you want to get this straight, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you as well. That means when you put God first, don't just say it. When it comes to worship, put everything else aside to worship. When it comes to time to read the Bible or pray, find the time. Don't say, I'm too busy today. When we put family ahead of career and hobby, I mean, when we put uh, family ahead of church, what happens is our priorities get out of whack. When we put our hobbies ahead of our, our children, our priorities get out of whack. We need to figure out what is most important. You guys remember that old illustration that Stephen Covey gave years ago, and he was in front of a class, and he had a three-gallon bucket. And in that class, he put big rocks in there, and when he did, he filled it up to the very top, and he asked the class, is the bucket full? And everybody, of course, goes, yes, it's full. And then after that, he pours in gravel in between the big rocks, and it fills it up to the top, and he asks the class, is it full? And they all go, yes, it's full. And he says, no, it's not. And then he takes sand, and he pours it in there, and it goes in between the gravel and the big rocks, and he fills it up to the top, and he asks the class, is it full? And now they're starting to be curious. Maybe, maybe not. Yes, we think it's full. He says, no, it's not. And then he takes a pitcher of water, and he pours that in. He fills it to the absolute top. And finally, he says, is that full? And everybody goes, we're not sure, but yes, we think so. And he says, yes, that's full. And then he asks the class, what's the lesson that I'm teaching today? And one smart aleck student said, what we've learned today is no matter how full your life is, you can always cram more crap in. That's what he says. Stuff. I should have said stuff, right? For children's sake. Bless you, my children. Um, anyway, I don't know. But anyway, so he fills it up to the very top and he says, can I put more stuff in? He said, no, that's not the lesson. The lesson is put the big rocks in first because if you don't put your big rocks in first, you'll never be able to put more stuff in. The question is, what are the big rocks in your life? What are the things in your life that are most important? If you don't know what those are, you will always procrastinate. He's talking about priorities. He's talking about balance. He's he's talking about saying, let's keep the first things first in our life. Figure those things out, then you'll have balance. Letter C is consistency. And I think one of the best ways that I've learned to stay on task and to avoid procrastination, even though I still fall into it, is that I have to have a regular routine. I have to have a regular schedule. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. There has to be a rhythm to your life. You have to have your priorities in order, but you also have to set your schedule. If you don't set your schedule, somebody else is going to set your schedule for you. And if you don't get a rhythm to your life and schedule your life out, then it's so easy to procrastinate and you look back on the end of a week and say, I don't even know what I accomplished this week. That's because you didn't set your schedule accordingly. And so I've just learned the value of my life of Sunday, obviously we're doing church, but on Monday, I'm setting right away to have our staff meeting. 
A lot of people in my position say, don't have staff meeting on Monday. Your staff's washed out. They're wiped out after the weekend. Don't do that. But I've always liked to do it on Monday. Say, why? Because they are wiped out. Because I like to call them together. And I try to tell my team, you can't have a team without a meeting. Don't make it an an effective meeting. Don't make it an inefficient meeting. But have a meeting. Sit face to face. Pray with each other. Talk about the plans for the week. Talk about the big ideas that we're going to have as a church. Where are we headed next? And you know what that does? As a leader, it forces me to get my stuff ready for that meeting. It forces me to prepare so that I'm ready for that meeting so that I can lead effectively. Once a month, we have an overseer meeting. And I meet with our overseers, and I give them a lead pastor report. And every time we've met for the last 13 years of Axis Church, I have a lead pastor report. And it gives our statistics and our offering. It gives our attendance. It gives our sermon series. It gives if people have been made decisions for Christ. And then it gives big issues that are coming up. Here's some things that we need to tackle together. Here's some big steps for our church. And I have a documented history for the entirety of Axis Church starting from before we even started. Why? Because I know the value of meeting and planning and communicating so that we know that we have a plan and a strategy that we can carry out. And go through the rest of my week. There are moments where there are times where I'm coaching or times where I'm meeting or times where I'm planning. And and, and I'm doing that in a way that's consistent, that lays it out. Because I know if I don't do that, it's not going to happen. And urgent things are going to take over. You all know we've been building a building in Middletown for our Middletown campus. And what you might not know is that I'm serving as what you might say supervisor, I suppose, over that project. And what that means is that all the subs that are out there, they call me and they say, what about this? What about this decision? Can we do this? And then we work on paying those bills. And the the benefit of that is that it helps the church because we don't have to pay somebody to do that job. Our funding company told me the other day that we are the least expensive project that they're doing in the country, price per square foot. And the reason is we don't have a middleman. We don't have somebody doing that. We'll say, how do you stay on task with that? Well, if you look on my computer today, you're going to see a, a task. And one of the things that helps me is to try to do a task list. Anybody still do to-do lists? Anybody still do those little boxes? You know, you focus so long on the boxes, you procrastinate because you put the little boxes on there and you like check them off. And, uh, but if you saw what I gave to our staff about three weeks ago, I had an entire list, week of this, week, 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 and we're going to do this, we're going to accomplish this, we're going to accomplish this. And last night I reviewed it, completed, 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 completed. How many of you know, if I wouldn't stay on top of that, it would get on top of me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So it's just a matter of planning it out establishing your consistent schedule. I like deadlines because I work better under deadlines. If I don't have a deadline, then I know maybe it'll never happen. We all have deadlines. That's why we all get our taxes done by April 15th. There's a hard deadline in that case. So get it done. And then we have lists of priorities. And we work on those. And we work to our goal. And can I just encourage you, if you have a priority that you don't want to do, something that's just in your face and it's looking ugly and you don't want to tackle that, can I just encourage you to tackle that one first? Zig Ziglar, the great sales guru, said one time, if you've got a frog to eat, eat that first because you don't want to look at that sucker too long. And I think that is true. 
If you've got a problem that you have to face, go ahead and tackle that right now. Tackle that first. And then in the middle of all of that, if you have a consistent schedule, if you know what you're doing, if you're not allowing other people to dominate your time, what I've learned is it allows for God opportunity moments in your life. If I'm just running from fire to fire to fire, then I have never any time for people and I never have time for spontaneous things to happen. I told you guys before that in my phone, I have people, you know, that are subcontractors or what have you, Tony Otto, Joe Handyman, Hubentino Brick Mason. Well, I have another one in there. His name in my phone is Windshield Guy Brian. And Windshield Guy Brian, if you ever need it, let me know because he's in my phone as that. He doesn't do big windshields. He just does the little pock marks. If you get a pock mark in your windshield, you say, I need somebody to fix it. You just let me know. You can call Windshield Guy Brian. Well, Windshield Guy Brian came. I scheduled him here at the office one time to fix a pock mark a couple months ago. And he worked on it. And as he's working on it, it seemed like a God opportunity. And we started talking about just life and faith. Started talking about the things that matter most. Really good conversation. And I talked to him about church. And he hadn't been to church for a while. And, and, uh, and then he fixed my windshield and we said goodbye. About three weeks ago, four weeks ago here, I looked up and in church was windshield guy Brian and there was his wife Amy with him. And uh, maybe they're here today, I'm not sure, but I, the, the fact is, I don't know what God's going to do with these things, but I do know that when you have a schedule, when you are laying out your strategy in your life, then you have margin to be able to, to invest in people. You can do what Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 says. Be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Look for opportunities. Create margin in your schedule. Look for ways to invest in people. Plan out your time. And look for those moments where God steps into time and space and says, I want you to look at this right now because all around you, God is giving you opportunities to make an impact on people. The task is never as important as the person that's behind the task. Never as important. How can we invest in the people that we work with, the people we lead, the people that God surrounds us with? Look for those God moments. Now, I think that most of the time, procrastination is not a sin. But there are occasions when it is. James chapter 4, verse 17, again says, anyone who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. And I think where that really comes into play is when it comes to your spiritual life. Your spiritual life. Anybody ever heard of Governor Felix in Acts chapter 24? Uh, Paul is arrested and Governor Felix is the one that's over his trial. And he gives Paul an opportunity to make a defense of his case. And Paul uses that opportunity to tell Felix about Christ. And he tells him about what Jesus did for him, how he died for him, how he resurrected. And Governor Felix says, do you think that you can convert me in such a short amount of time? And Paul says, whether short time or long, my goal is to be able to present to you the gospel of Christ that maybe you would become one of his. Governor Felix listened for just a little while longer, and then he said, 
I'm tired of listening. Let's deal with this another day. He sends Paul back to prison. History tells us that Paul ended up spending two more years in prison, and we never know what happened to Felix's spiritual life. I think it's very likely that Governor Felix simply procrastinated on it and never heard or never did anything about that in his life again. There are occasions, I think, where we put something off and where it matters a lot, but we just say, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to feel the urgency of it today. I remember when I was first in ministry and I was the only person on staff. We had one lady named Ellie Tope who uh, the church had started in her basement. She was our church secretary. She wasn't paid. She just came and volunteered. She did our bulletin. Other than that, I was the only person there every day, day after day, day after day. And I would go to the office and I would sit around and I go, what am I going to do now? And I would mow the lawn because I didn't know what else to do and nobody else would do it. And I would clean the baptistry, but I didn't know what I was doing. And one time I poured a whole bottle of bleach in there. That was not the right way to clean the baptistry. But I was trying to figure out stuff to do. And one day I was sitting in my office all alone, no staff, uh, and didn't know what to do. And I was brand new. And I was just praying, God, what do I do today? I don't really know. And there was a radio program on Christian radio back then called the Minrith Meyer Clinic. And they were psychologists. And I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll call the Minrith Meyer Clinic, and I'll find out what they tell me to do. And so I called, and they said, well, hold, you'll be on air in a moment. And sure enough, I went on air. And my story was, Dr. Minrith, Dr. Meyer, I'm a new preacher, and I don't know what to do. And I'm sitting here every day in the office, and I'm wondering what to do. And I prepare my sermon and I'm calling on a few people, but we only got 15 people who go to this church, and they don't want me to come to their house anymore. So I don't know what to do. And I will never forget, I don't remember if it was Dr. Minrith or Dr. Meyer, and this was on the radio. One of them said, I'll tell you what you need to do. What you need to do is drive down to the local hospital, and you need to sit in your car, and you need to watch the ambulances that are pulling into the emergency room right now, today. And you need to realize that the majority of those people who may not ever make it out of that hospital, they may die, and they may die without a relationship with Jesus. And you need to focus on that and get your priorities right. And then I had to go to another counselor after that to get fixed from the counseling that they had just done on me. And I was like, I'm never calling another radio program as long as I live. So discouraging. <laughs> but maybe they weren't that wrong. Because in the end of the day, what matters most is somebody's relationship with Jesus. And that's the case with you too. Don't say, one day I'll be baptized and never do it. Don't say, one day I'll start reading the Bible and never do it. Don't say, one day I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that my kids are in church and never do it. Don't say that one day I'm going to talk to my neighbor about Christ and never do it. Why don't you make someday today? Why don't you focus on your priorities today? Take that one small step today. Don't feel guilty for not doing everything. Just do one thing today. And that one small step 
will carry you farther than a big step that you will never take in your life. Begin today and reestablish those priorities and get moving in the right direction. One step is all it takes to move towards your goal. Let's pray together. God, we give you thanks today for who you are. And God, we pray that we would be able to be people who are faithful to you, who love you, who uh, establish priorities in our life, who then go forward with those priorities. Help us to find balance and margin. Help us to bring on people that will help us with that, that will support those goals. God, help us to be able to be people who say something and then we do it. We commit to it, and then we follow through. And God, for the times where we don't do that because we all mess up, just pray that we receive your grace. We don't beat ourselves up. We don't, we don't uh, continue to spiral down further and woe is me. We get back up, and we keep moving in the right direction. God, help us to do that, and we thank you for being practical with us today, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.